What's up, people? We back. This your boy Gabe, Weapons of War podcast. And just as usual, we're going to jump right into it. And what's the topic for today? I'm glad you asked. It's cutting your grass. Cut your grass. That's what we're going to talk about today. And if you're confused, no, I'm not speaking about the nice green lawn or brown lawn that you have in front of your house. I'm speaking about that metaphorical lawn that you have, cleaning up what's around you. A lot of us go through day to day with the same people, the same habits. We don't have any situational awareness. We're not sure what's coming from the left, what's coming to the right, coming from the right. Why? Because everything is so cluttered. We don't check our circle. We don't prune our bushes. We, we don't do any of that. We just walk around and just however things fall, that's the way they fall. But what I want people to start doing now is check around, see who's in your circle, see where these attacks coming from, see where the good is coming from, see where the bad is coming from. Cut your grass so you can see the path that's in front of you, see what's behind you, see what's to your left or to your right. Because if you just go through life unaware, not tending to the things or the people that's around you, then you really won't be able to assess things that you do or assess situations because you won't know where they're coming from or the why behind why they're hitting you. One part that I really want to discuss and focus on about cutting your grass is your circle. We walk around uh, many times, many years with the same friends that we had since high school, since middle school, since college, since that last job that we had. And I'm not knocking that. In some ways, that could be cool because, you know, some of my best friends are the friends that I had from high school, even to this day. But the problem with the problem with that most of the time is that as we go through different seasons in our life, we tend to take with us some of the same people. Now, some of the people you may love that you may think they're the greatest people on earth and you don't want to not necessarily get rid of them, but leave them where they are, may not be meant for different seasons in your life, or you might not be meant for the season in their life. So we need to assess our growth. We need to assess where we're going in life and say, okay, is this person or are these people beneficial to me where I'm going? And I don't want you to think it's that beneficial thing like you're using people. No, that's not what we're saying. However, the people who are around you should add value to you in some way. When you're around people, you should add value to people in some way. Relationships nowadays are just taboo. You're my friend. I'm your friend to the end. I love you. You love me. And we just go through. Our friends are just here for us to tell the ladies juicy bit of gossip to. Our friends are here just for us to go turn up. Let's go hit the club. Or when I think she she didn't done me wrong, I can go to you and just dog her eye. And you could be like, yeah, man, you know, leave her. Do this, man. She don't need you or you don't need her and stuff like that. And that's that's really not what a friend should be doing. You know, friends should see potential in you. The people in your circle should see potential in you and be able to pour into you something, give you good advice, good, sound, godly advice. And if they're not doing that, then maybe 
you need to cut them from your circle. Maybe you need to cut ties. I know you all have the greatest memories. I know you are fond of each other. You were there, you know, when I had my first child. You were there when I did this. You were there when I received this award, and I get that, and that's all great. But from this point on, when we reach adulthood, we got to think about our future. We can't just dwell on those past memories and say, oh, my God, I'm just going to keep this around because of whatever reason. Truth be told, a lot of people are social hoarders. That's right, social hoarding. We just hoard things. We just keep everything from every experience, from every hurt and a lot of people are emotional hoarders they hoard every emotion every pain every tear and they keep it with them and they carry it with them and no you need to cut your grass you need to get rid of some of this stuff a lot of this stuff you need to get rid of but again we'll go back to our circle our circle of friends now when you reach a point in life when you become an adult and then a mature adult, and you realize that God placed a purpose in you, and there's some things that you need to be doing, you have to look around you and say, hmm, who are these people around me, and why are they here? Again, this isn't from a superficial standpoint, where you're trying to be prom king or prom queen. This is from a lifestyle standpoint, from a point of progressing, progressing in your purpose. Look at them and say, okay, who are they, and why are they here? Because... I can't remember who's, who, who coined the quote, but it's a quote that says, your network, network determines your net worth, meaning who you're connected to, translate to translates to how much money you're going to make. A perfect example of a proper friendship network or social network I give it to LeBron James. He took the same people, his same friends from high school and put them in positions to where they could all flourish together. He knew that with his talent or the celebrity that was coming to him, he could open the door for his friends. He didn't have an entourage. He didn't take care of grown men. They devised a plan and he set forth ways where they could all be successful independently, although it was him who opened the initial door. Now, if you have a friendship that's like that, to where everyone is not, where no one are codependent on each other, but yet everyone is able to carry their own weight and be successful in their own right, but just one person goes and opens the door for them, then that's awesome. But the fact of the matter is that most friendship, most circles are not like that. The people around you are only good for the turn up, only good to influence you in ways that you should not be influenced. So now, once you are aware of what you are here for, especially as a man, if you're a man, you really need to check your circles because you are a foundational piece. God created you to be a leader, to be a head of a household, to be a leader in a community, to be an influencer on your job. And I'm not saying that women aren't created to be leaders in some capacity, but my burden is to see men raise back up and become foundational pieces in community and in this earth because we're failing at that a lot right now. And a lot of times we see that men are hooked up with the wrong people. 
you there with your partners, going from the clubs, you know, going from random women to women, doing all kinds of stuff that don't add value to you, or you just have a circle of friends and all you all do is watch sports and, you know, play video games. And I'm not the person who's going to tell you that because you're an adult, you can't play video games or there's no room for you to watch games or whatnot because, you know, I watch sports. Unfortunately, my Texans just lost yesterday, but that's a completely different story. We'll leave that for another day. You really have to still evaluate and see how these people are affecting your life because if the only thing they do is pull you out of the flow of activity, then you may need to have less time spent with them. If the only thing you do with these people are go out, if the only reason why you call this young lady is to fornicate, if the only reason that you all get together is to have drinking parties and play drinking games and stuff like that, get high, whatever it is y'all do together, then you might need to reevaluate this friendship because, again, your network will determine your net worth. And then when people see you, they will associate you or they will associate the opinion that they have with you based on how they see the other people. So we really have to think about that because if you study wealthy people, wealthy people hang around other wealthy people or people who can add value to them. They're all about bettering themselves and investing in themselves. And when you're searching for friends and building these networks, it is all about making investments into yourself. For instance, uh, is it Stephen Covey? It's not Stephen Covey. But it's a book, The 360 Degree Leader, says that basically you have to lead from your level, you have to have people beneath you who you're pouring into, and then you have to have people above you also that you're pulling from. So you have peers on your level, you have people who are beneath you who are pulling from you, and you have people above you who you are pulling from. That's how your circle should be. And if you have a circle of close friends, all of you all should have that same mindset to while you might not necessarily be in the same field, you should be pouring into each other and building each other up in whatever field they're in. And then even in the midst of you all's downtime, when you're sitting watching those games or playing whatever game that you all play or whatever it is you do in your leisure time, you're still in your leisure time adding value to each other. In this day and age, we call it masterminds. Your close friendships should be small mastermind groups that you all just happen to have fun on the side. And once you begin to walk in your purpose and understand that God placed you here for a reason, then masterminding and these things will be fun. But we're so focused on having the fun now. We want that instant gratification. We want that friend who's going to be yes man and yes woman to us. And we don't really want to hear those hard truths. We just want to go through life and coast. But what that does is create uh, an atmosphere of complaining and envy and jealousy because you're going to go through life and you're going to complain about how you didn't get this break, how you didn't get that break, or you're jealous because such and such did this and such and such did that, or you may have a friend who actually did have their aha moment and now you're angry and bitter at them because they left the group and 
you think that they're just dodging you because they're out there enjoying success while you're sitting at home doing the same thing you were doing when you all met in high school, when all you have to do is begin to first cut your grass. Cut your grass so you can see where the snakes are. You can see where the traps are. You can see where all the pitfalls are around you. And then, too, you could clearly see your path because the Bible says the Holy Spirit will be a lamp upon your feet and a light upon your path. But if you don't cut your grass, you won't see the path that he's laid before you. And as a man, as the visionary of a household that you're currently in or the future visionary for a household or community or anything, if you can't see the path that you're on, then where are you leading people? If you're not concerned with the social network that you have, then how is that looking and how is that affecting your leadership at home? How is that affecting you being a father? How is that affecting you being a husband? Because as a parent, you tell your kids to watch out who they hang out with. You don't want to hang around the drug, the thugs, the, the, the drug dealers, the gang members, and anybody else who would influence you to do something other than what we've poured into you. So in the same way, when you're an adult, you have to take on those same traits. You have to realize that, okay, there are still people who can influence me as an adult in an adverse way. So I need to keep my spirit checked and aligned and be on alert. So I'll know when one of those people are in my circle. And then you have those people who come up with the idea to say, well, hey, Jesus ate with sinners. So if Jesus ate with sinners, then I should be able to have these people in my circle and not trip because Jesus was Jesus. They didn't corrupt Jesus. Two things about that. One, you're talking about Jesus. So no man has enough game to finesse Jesus. Two, Jesus ate with the sinners, poured into them, and left. He wasn't hanging around with him, chilling, you know, kicking back bottles of wine, talking about the good old days and being influenced to do things that wasn't about his father's business. No, he poured into them. He delivered them. He shifted the atmosphere. He went in their midst, but did not become one of them. He did not allow them to place their agenda on him. So in that same light, men, we are supposed to be patterned after Christ. So just as he walked into any situation, shifted the atmosphere, atmosphere, shifted their mindset and began to pour into them and reveal to them their purpose in an attempt to bring them out of where they were, that's the same thing we should be doing. But if we are not checking daily, weekly, monthly, our social networks, then we are not doing that. All we're doing is just continuing to be mundane, continuing to be mediocre. And then we're going to end up old thinking about all the things that we could have, should have or would have done had we made better decisions. And me and I want you to know that it doesn't matter how old you are now. I stress this in many of the other podcasts that if you are not dead, you still have time. Regardless of how old you are, there is still time for you to fulfill some part of your purpose while you're still on this earth. So now is the time for you to pull out those tools, sharpen them up and go out there and cut your grass so you can see 
what is going on around you so you could properly assess things that are going on in your life. So you can see that, hey, that path that I've been praying about that the Holy Spirit said that he would light for me has been lit for all these years. But because I never took the time to declutter, I never saw it. A lot of us are mad at God for things that we feel that he didn't answer us or answer us in the way that we feel he should have. When in actuality, he answered us a long time ago when we first lifted up the petition. But because we did not declutter, because we cared more about keeping these people around us, because we cared more about hurting the feelings of people, that we didn't pay attention to what he was telling us. Because believe it or not, there are some people who are in your circle who sabotage your purpose. Now, they might not be doing this from a space of, you know, in their mind, they're saying, you know what? I'm only here just so I can tear down their purpose. No, a lot of people do things inadvertently. And how do they inadvertently tear down your purpose? People who are unaware of their purpose are going to abuse their life. So when they're abusing their own life, their own gifts, talents, and abilities, when they start hanging around you, you're going to pick up on that same habit and you're going to go further and further away from understanding and realizing what your purpose is and you're going to end up in that same state of abuse. Because you don't believe me? You know the name of this podcast is Weapons of War, and my weapon of war is the word. So I'm going to give you a scripture. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, and I'm an amplified man, so every verse coming out the amplified version. It says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. And it goes on to say in verse 34, be sober minded, be sensible, wake up from your spiritual stupor as you ought and stop sinning. You you see that? I, I like how 33 starts. Do not be deceived. And I believe that's put there because there are some people who have this mindset or this idea that, oh, I can survive in the midst of all this craziness, in the midst of all this chaos. I can come out unscathed because I'm just that strong. But the Bible clearly says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. So it doesn't matter how good you are. If you continue to stay around people who are not influencing you, to do what God is telling you to do, then you will end up just like them. So the model is go in with an intention to pour into them something, to strike a fire within them for God and their purpose, and then dip out, dip in, dip out. And if eventually everything that God is telling you to tell them strikes something in them and they have their aha moment, then you pull them out of where they were and then you all could start your all's mastermind back up again. But stop lying to yourself. Stop saying that Joe don't have an influence on you. Stop saying that that person isn't influencing you. Stop saying that because the Bible clearly says, 
again, that if you keep hanging around these people, if you keep putting yourself in these situations, that their bad company will corrupt your good morals. So, cut your grass. Cut your grass. Watch out for the snakes. Everybody talking about, I'm watching out for the snakes. I keep it real. You know, whatever the generation nowadays is saying, everybody real, everybody 100, everybody woke, everybody eyes open. But yet, all these people who saying that, a lot of these people are not successful or not doing anything for themselves. A lot of them are woke, but they still haven't got out the bed yet, so they might as well have stayed asleep because they're still doing the same thing, still connected to the same networks. I don't know why people feel like when you, it's not good to lead a hood, that you fake if you leave the hood, that if you gain success and don't stay in the same house that you grew up in, somehow you're not keeping it real. No, you change your, sur your surroundings, shift your environment, and if you are blessed enough to gain success and get out the hood, leave. Go to a better place and help your hood by sending your knowledge back. Fund something, start a program, but you yourself do not have to stay there. Why? Because bad company corrupts good morals. And don't let, I don't want to come off and say that everybody from the hood is bad because they are not. I come from the hood and I don't consider myself to be bad, but you still want to rise above that. You still want to rise above where you were. You want to see your accomplishments. And if you rise above the hood and go to the suburbs, go to the cities, go to wherever you go, there's nothing wrong with that because you're shifting your environment. You're putting yourself around other like-minded people. You're changing your social environment, thus changing your social network. Then you are increasing your net worth. And everybody out there talking about getting the bag. I got to secure the bag. I got to secure the bag. Well, if you really want to secure the bag, cut your grass, check your network so you can shift your network. And that way you'll be able to secure the bag without selling your soul. Because truth be told, a lot of these people out here nowadays, how they're securing the bag is by sacrificing their own morals. You're sacrificing what is right. You're sacrificing your purity, your godliness. You're sacrificing your influence. You're sacrificing your witness. All because you don't want to do what it takes to properly secure the bag from a godly place. You don't want to have to cut your grass. You don't want to have to push people out of your circle. No, you just want to be used and you want to be a puppet to somebody else's vision who's abusing their abilities thus by gaining stuff from abusing you. That's why you see people who, you see the, the Cardi B's, the, the babies, the juice worlds, the people, the people like that. They don't really know their purpose. They don't know what they're supposed to do. And because maybe they didn't have anybody in their close network to tell them that, okay, you don't have to feel this way. You don't have to do this. You don't have to expose yourself. You don't have to dress like this. You don't have to think like this. You don't have to speak like this. Because you didn't have people 
who were above you that you could pull from something good, something pure, something godly, you end up gaining success by selling your soul. Now, I know we live in this age of empowerment where people say is, it's your right. You can make your own decisions. A woman, she should be able to wear what she want to wear. She should be proud of her body and show her body off in any way that she sees fit. No man has control over her body, this, that, and the other. Come on now. First off, no, nobody is telling any woman that I want to have control over your body and that physical slave mentality type thing. But there comes a point of maturity where you have, what's the word I'm looking for? Confidence in yourself to where you don't have to do this. Because I, I take this back to the fall of the godly man. Because I truly believe that if godly men were in place everywhere, if fathers, godly fathers were in the home, Godly teachers were in the school. Godly politicians were in Washington. Godly businessmen were in the marketplace that women would not want to do this. Women would not want to dress scantily. Women wouldn't want to walk out half naked because men would have been pouring into them godly things, building them up from a godly aspect, and they would grow up with a godly sense of confidence, knowing that they were fearfully and wonderfully made, and they wouldn't have to show off themselves. They wouldn't have to sell their bodies. They wouldn't have to use their body as a manipulative tool to get things that they want, because they know that men are out there in the world who have no self-control or no sense of godly value, that they would disrespect me but in their disrespect, they're paying me more than I would make at another place. If godly men were in position, we really wouldn't have that. But that's just, or maybe that's just the way I think. And I'm sorry that I got off topic a little bit. That, that, that really seeing men get back to godly prominence is a real burden for me. So it, it, it got me a little riled up. But... All of that, we come back to knowing your surroundings. Because when we know our surroundings, we could better assess our life. A man should have mentors in his circle. Well, your mentors will be those people above you that you're pulling from. Those people on your peer level should be people where who are building you up. You are bumping ideas off of each other. You all are pouring into each other. I see you doing walking in your purpose and I'm celebrating you. You see me walking in my purpose and you're celebrating me. If you see me straying away from my purpose or godliness, you don't just let me do it under the excuse of, well, man, they grown. You can't make a grown man do nothing. You know, grown man going to do what he do. But if it pop off, if something go wrong, I'm going to be there for him. I'm going to catch him. I'm going to ride with him. No. How about when you see him doing something, if you see me doing something that goes against godliness and you know could end in 
danger or something that I shouldn't be doing. How about before I do it, you say something? True, I'm a grown man. True, you're a grown man. But if I call you friend, if you're in my circle, if I see you doing something that's self-destructive, I should tell you. But the problem is we're keeping around these yes men. You're keeping around these yes women who are in the end not doing anything for you. They are not helping you out in any way. But, oh, man, we had fun last night. And you yourself doing things that you know you shouldn't be doing. And if you know it's wrong and you always doing something wrong and Mo, Larry, and Curly always the ones that's with you doing wrong, then you really need to think about that. Is this a healthy relationship? How is this adding value to me in any way? How am I adding value to them in any way? What is my influence on them? What is their influence on me? And if when you are real, if you keep it 100 with yourself and you answer that and you realize that they're not adding any value to you, you're not adding any value to them that you all are actually devaluing each other, then I think you need to let it go. Let it go. <laughs> you need to let it go. Because present a present friendship is not worth a broken future or delayed success in your future because you're still trying to hold on to the glory days. You're still trying to hold on to this part of you who just want to do carnal things just live by the flesh just you know do these things that make you feel good in the moment you got to think above that especially us men we have to think above that because while we're out there doing you know just living it up or so-called living our best life as they say nowadays it's children out there who are hurting it's sons out there young men who have no examples of godly manhood. It's young ladies out there who don't understand how a godly man is supposed to treat them or speak to them. It's godly women whose purpose is being delayed or stunted because they are created to be a helpmeet to a man with the vision, but because you still out there being stupid and don't want to let go of all these fleshly things that you're not where you're supposed to be, you're not in position, and instead of having this woman help you to fulfill a God-given vision, all she is is not helping you but doing everything for you. She's taking your position. The independent woman movement, this feminist movement was birthed with a man was birthed by a man who aborted his purpose. And I don't want to get in the space of saying that women don't have their own purpose or a woman can't do anything on her own. I'm just speaking from this godly godly blueprint to say that the woman is the help meet to the man that she has a vision that when it's connected with the vision of the man that she's assigned to or who they are assigned to each other then she helps in fulfilling this vision that God gave him for them 
But if we are still just trying to kick it with the fellas who don't add value to us, if we're just letting, letting, us sit, letting ourselves sit here, just letting the weeds grow, just letting the bushes hang over, just letting the concrete we have the cracks in it, just letting trash stay in our yard, then we're not doing anybody any favors. We are literally doing the people that we are assigned to a disservice. All for the sake of holding on to a friendship, holding on to a relationship that's not doing you any good. And men, I want to let's be real for a second. If her number is in your phone and y'all don't talk about nothing, but when you want to pull up, she is not your friend. You are not her friend. You are using her. She may be using you. You all need to let each other go. Go through your phone book. Pick up your phone. Most people probably have their, hand, their phone in their hands right now. And start flipping through your phone book and start deleting people. Go through your phone book and just start deleting names. Really sit down and pray. And ask God to reveal to you those people who are in your lives who you need to let go. Truth be told, some of y'all don't even need to pray about it because you already know. So these people that you know that you don't need to keep around, you need to let them go. I know we have emotional ties with these people now, and it may be hard to walk away from a friendship of umpteen years. But when you think about your future, when you think about the purpose that God placed in you, then you'll understand. And who knows, once you become strong and rooted into God and in your purpose, you may be able to come back and like Jesus sat with those people who were lost to go back and pull those people out who are still there. That friend that you walked away from, you may be able to go back and pull them out of where they are, give them a renewed vision and renewed mind based on your relationship with God, and then you all are back and you all can create new clean memories. Because I always say most of my youth is filled with stories that I can't even tell. It's nothing that I can even brag about. But now those same friends that I had then who I did things with that did not make God proud, we're all men of God now. So it all worked out. It's just like when you're on a plane and when the altitude is dropping and the little breathing things drop from the ceiling, the instructions are before you put it on anyone else, that you need to put it on yourself first because I can't help you if I'm dead. <laughs> I could better help you once I've helped myself to a certain degree. It's not the fact that I'm forgetting about you or I don't care. If you say, oh my God, I can't believe you'll try to save yourself before you save me. No, I need to make sure I'm secure so I can properly assist you. In that same way, 
the little breathing apparatus has been hanging in front of many of us for so many years and we've just been pushing it back up into the ceiling. Our check engine light been on for so many years, but we just ignore it. We keep seeing the signs. God keeps speaking to us and telling us that, okay, you need to walk away from this person, that this person is influencing you the wrong way. You need to pay attention to what's going on on your left. You need to pay attention and see what's going on on your right. But because you're so caught up, in the influence of others, you're not paying attention. And before you know it, you're dead. You're in jail. You're in a very uncomfortable position, all because you walk through life unaware, hanging around people who are not adding value, who are not meant to be in certain seasons of your life. Look what happened to Ricky. Ricky was supposed to go to school and be a great athlete. But because he wanted to be a boy in the hood, he didn't make it. (laughs) Uh, Don't be Ricky. Learn from Ricky's mistakes. Yeah. But... That's it. That's the main thing. I really, really want us to do an inventory of our life, inventory of our social network. Stop throwing around the label friend so loosely because a friend should be a person who has your best interest. Not that... I'm going to let you do it because you're a grown interest, not being a yes man or a woman, but a true friend wants to see you serve God and fulfill your God-given purpose. And I'm not saying that your friend is going to be perfect because I'm not perfect. God is still working on me. But in saying that, if I consider you a friend, I know that God has greater for you. I might not know what it is. You might not know what it is at the moment, but I can still see in you tendencies that are not going to lead to greatness for you. Now, you do have people who reject that. You make every attempt to pour into them. You make every attempt to build them up. You make every attempt to give them advice to lead them away from from calamity or from bad things or from making bad decisions. And they just continue to do that because truth be told, at the end of the day, they are grown and they don't have to do anything that you say. But at that point, when you have someone who clearly does not want to take heed to, you know, wisdom, then you may need to let them go. Pour into them when you see them, but... They're on their path. God forbid that they don't ever come off that path or it's too late before they get to a point of their aha moment. But you may have to let them go until they come into a place of spiritual maturity. Because you can't burden yourself with constantly doing that or trying to pull someone out. No, no. What do you do? You pray for them. 
Don't just completely just whatever. I don't care about them anymore. No. It's just you recognize where they are in life and you understand that you cannot make them do anything. So you just have to love them from a distance. Some people won't receive that. They'll receive that as abandonment. They'll make it seem like you left them, like you don't love them. But if you're doing it from a place of, I've been pouring into this person and they're just not listening, then you just have to give them to God and pray that they make better decisions and that the Holy Spirit begins to open their eyes so they can see what they're doing is destructive and they can begin to cut their grass and begin to shift their social network. So before you think about securing the bag, look, look at the people who are around you. See who's preventing you from securing the bag quicker. See you who, because of their ignorance to their own purpose, is stunning you or keeping you from walking in your purpose. Look up and see do you have mentors. Look up and see are there people above you who you're pulling from who is adding value to you. Look around you to see if it's people who are building you up on a peer-to-peer level. Look down and see, is your life worthy enough to someone else that they're attempting to pull from you? And if you can do all of that and say that, okay, I'm in a space where God wants me to be and I have all three of these levels, then you're on the right path. And just stay alert. Keep your grass cut. So you can see what's going on around you. And I guarantee you that that path that you've been asking for, that door that you've been asking to be open, that you've been asking to be revealed, that opportunity that you've been waiting on, all of a sudden, these things will start happening. These doors will be open. Because some people are staying away from you because of who you are around. So check that, because I know personally, if I'm going to miss something or lose something, I don't want it to be by my own hand, but let it be my, by my own hand. I don't want to lose anything because of you. I, I, I don't want that. <laughs> That's just like when Jonah, Jonah stepped on the boat, all hell broke loose. So... What you're telling me is we're about to die because you came into our social network. So because of something that you're doing, you're about to kill us all. Nope, 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 nope. Got to throw you off the boat. Sorry, nothing personal, but this relationship is pretty toxic. So I can't let you keep me from fulfilling my purpose. I cannot let you kill what God has placed inside of me. So on that note, I'm going to let you go. Until next time, keep an eye on everything that's going on around you. Men, 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 let's get back to that space of godliness. And it starts with us assessing ourselves. Matter of fact, let me, let me stop. Let me not say that. You don't even have to assess yourself. Just go to God and ask him to take away everything that is keeping you from walking in your purpose, from walking with him. 
take away every negative influence. Ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes so you can begin to see those things that's going around. So you could even see the snakes in the grass and he'll show you how to cut your grass. He'll show you how to take away all those things that's from around you. All you got to do is present yourself. How do people say pull up? Just pull up on God. Just, you know, and I guarantee you, if you speak from a pure place, he will hear you and he'll give you the answers that you need. So again, I know I said this about 18 times. I'm going to let you go. This, it's been fun. It's, it's Gabe. If you ever need to contact me, you have some questions, you have some ideas for future shows, some stuff you want me to talk about, then hit me up on the email. That's wow, W-O-W, pod, P-O-D, the number one at gmail.com. Got a lot of things coming for 2020, you know. Hopefully the video thing will be up soon. So keep that in prayer for me. But until I hear from you again, or rather you hear from me, peace.